all this is it the podcast the one you didn't even know you wanted <laughs> podcast um yeah why is podcast amusing i don't know it's just the way that you said it just leading into it you just i don't know what did you say this is the one we've been waiting for who's been waiting for it us <laughs> or everyone probably my ego more than the listeners yeah, all three of them. Lucky mm, me, you and the baby. <laughs> um, so just listen to it again. And I'm not sure we introduced ourselves. So you are Steph. Yeah. And you are Tony. Yeah. Um, we've been married a while. And I guess everything else will sort of come out in the next hour or so. If that's how long the podcast ends up being. Anything else? We're northern, obviously, as you can hear. Um, yeah, 29 and 28 years yeah. old. Yeah. 29. Um, yeah. Cool. That's all you get. Have we got a name for the podcast? Isn't it we're expecting? I think so, but there should be a name. Book. You know, mm. like there's a book of names for children. There should be a book of names for podcasts be very narrow though because once you ticked a few off the list then you're subject to copyright and that's true i bet some like i bet taylor swift's tried to copyright the name taylor yeah i'm gonna copyright the word pod yeah probably too late mm. you've got peas in a pod podcasts pods where you can stay under the stars airpods are they a thing yeah, yeah. yeah, that's those headphones without the wires. Oh, yeah, that feed your brain between them. Yeah, apparently Bluetooth is bad for the brain. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so this is the We're Expecting podcast because we are expecting, hoping, expecting to have a kid. We've seen it. <laughs> We've seen the sound of it. We um, saw it at some point. So we thought we'd do a podcast because we're having a kid. And well, we're expecting to have a kid. Yeah. Quite a wide term, isn't it? Expecting, really. But Yeah, it's presumptuous, especially given that it's not, you know, like, set in stone. Yeah. Which is sort of the point of the podcast. Yeah. So, um... We've been expecting previously, I guess. That was a lesser-known podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, I don't know. Do we want to talk about that? Well, that's what the point of the podcast is, isn't it? Yeah. So, we were expecting last year. Well, the first one was 2017. Yeah. Then... The next one was October 2018. And this one, all being well, as my grandma would say, <laughs> will be October this year. Um, yeah, so the first one was 2017, which was Robin. We like the name Robin for a boy or a girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good name. Batman sidekick. I like it. Then he goes out on his own. When it was 18, we could have called him Nightwing. Yeah. Um, and then 
what was like was that like 10 weeks 10 weeks five days yeah but that was a missed miscarriage so when the miscarriage happened uh robin hadn't been with us for a couple of weeks or so um but i didn't know any different and couldn't tell and then just got the pains and whatnot and went into the hospital had the bad scan and then had to recover from robin yeah so. that scan's awful the yeah the names are we like missed miscarriage it's like you've had this type of trauma we'll put it in this box i don't know it seems like you know like it's almost victim blaming like <laughs> you missed it <laughs> yeah i hate to laugh like it's a horrible thing to laugh about but it is it's like well well you didn't know never oh, mind yeah. it's like here's how much sympathy you qualify for and then you know oh if this happened you'd qualify for this amount of sympathy like it's shit um so then there was last year which like sort of still feels like yesterday yeah it does um i mean it feels like today like um with gerard which was like 19 weeks yeah 19 weeks and then so my water's broke at 19 weeks unexpectedly no re no rhyme or reason no explanation just pop gone um then i can't imagine how you felt like i remember like being downstairs in the living room and like the way like you said my name from upstairs i can only just like no, you only get a phone call and you're like, this is bad news. The way your voice was, I was like, oh shit. Mm. Like, obviously, like, you don't want it to be, but like. Yeah. So, like, I can't imagine you actually being you. Like, the thing, the time, like, because obviously, like, we learnt about Robin in that very same bathroom. And then yeah. with Gerard, it was so weird because. I just thought it was a really big way, which I know that might be TMI or whatever, but like I felt I felt a pop and then I felt leaking, but it wasn't until I stood up from the toilet and just felt a gush that I realized that oh no actually that isn't a wee and then called you up. Yeah. Um so that was quite surreal really thinking back on it. Like he just didn't feel real at the time. It just seemed yeah. Strange. It's hard to, um, I don't know, not appreciate, because you don't appreciate that time, but be aware of that time when you're in it, I think. Like, looking back, you can kind of say, oh, this is how I felt, and this is, like, what was going through my head. But, yeah, at the time, I don't know, like, animalistic. You're just, like... Yeah, I just went into, like, blinders mode, like, just... Straight did vision we do goggles. just go straight to the hospital? Yeah, like, we just went straight to the hospital. Because we lived, like, over the road from the hospital when we lived in York, which you would think was handy. Um, or an omen, bad omen. Yeah, I hate driving past the hospital. Yeah, I do too. Um, so, yeah, we went straight there. I don't know, it was weird. It seemed like looking back now, like it lasted forever but like it can't have done like 
No. Do you know what I mean? It was really weird. It just... Like, time is, like, weird in those situations. Yeah. Like, you can't comprehend how long anything's taken. It just goes out the window, doesn't yeah. it? Because you forget about... I don't know. You forget about everything except that. That's literally the only thing in your brain. Yeah. So, like, why would you be aware of time, I suppose? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, so we went to the hospital. Do you want to, like, go through what happened? I'm, like, honestly, I, I remember what happened, but not, like, the order. Like, we... So we went there the yeah. first... Oh, God, we went, is that when we sat in a &E for ages? Yeah, we sat in a &E for like, ages. That is ridiculously But sat, I was... Like, the awful thing is, from a because &E, what it was, obviously, my water's broke, but I didn't have any sanitary stuff in the house. Like, I hadn't had any sanitary stuff in for months. Yeah. And I was just sat leaking in a &E and had to go... After waiting for about 40 minutes or something... I had to go and ask for a maxi pad or something. Like, I'd said, obviously, the issue when we arrived at A&E. Yeah, you would think, like, going in, here's the problem. Oh, OK, for this thing, I need to offer this. I don't know. Like, it's weird being in A&E because of what happened to us. But you sat there with, like, some idiot who fell off a skateboard. Like, that's not the same. No, no, no. <laughs> or, like, someone who, like... No, I know, but everything's different, isn't it? Like, there's, like, people who've fallen over and broken a leg and whatnot, but... They still need fixing, but, like, none of the, like, mental aspect is taken into account. I don't know. No one ever, like, wants to mourn about the NHS, and it's not, like, their fault mm. that they have no money. When you're, like, it's really easy to be like, oh, no, they're the best thing since sliced bread, until, like, you're in that situation deal with what is there yeah it gives you like a very different point of view on everything um so yeah it's just i don't know couldn't they have like a little room or something for this sort of situation like, well that's what the early pregnancy units for normally in a hospital is yeah. that well that's where we went so after We'd been seen, but do you remember there was that couple who were sat next to us in the ho in the hospital? It was like a young couple with a, a it was a girl and a boy who were sat just a few seats, and they were in the waiting room on the night time. Yeah. And she was going through something quite similar, but it's just awful being in that moment. And I, I get like they don't have the staff. It was it was late at night. Well, actually, it was about nine o'clock because I remember nipping to the bathroom just before the apprentice started. <laughs> And I'm a massive apprentice <laughs> fan. So that really got to me because I missed the first episode. Was that the but first episode? Yeah. yeah. We yeah. only caught the tail end of it, like, I think in one of the waiting rooms. But yeah, so they got moved on to the early pregnancy unit before us. And then we followed, but then we were sat in the same waiting room with them. But there was no one available till one o'clock in the morning. Is that where we were waiting to be scanned? Yes, And yes. it was, like, Scooby-Doo. Like, literally, like, you're in this horrible waiting room with people who are in there for similar reasons that you are, pretty much, which is awful. I mean, you just want to be alone if you're not with a medical professional. 
but it was fine, you know, everyone's like in the same ship boat. And then like, they're waiting like, oh, we need to find someone who can do the scan. All right, that's understandable. Um, I mean, I feel like I could do it. Put jelly on, point the thing at the thing. Yeah, I don't think it's that easy. Not, <laughs> not like, yeah, I don't know how to turn the machine on, but, um, but then like, literally like in Scooby-Doo where they run down a corridor in one door, out another door, then like out of a different door of that. It's like the staff, like the nurses and that, running about looking for the keys. That delayed us by like 50 minutes, not having a key. Like I kept going into the corridor and they were like, oh, we're going to have to like ring up the maintenance guy who's at home and see like where he keeps the spare keys. Really? Like in this situation, like kick the door down or something? Like how do you not know where a key is? Like, yeah. It's just really not what you need. No. In that situation yeah and I think like I think that scan for me was harder than the scan with Robin I think that first yeah. scan yeah. because at that point he was still alive and his heart was still there and he was still trying to move and yeah. he was trapped in this little tiny space with no fluid around him and I could feel him yeah and I could feel him struggle, but that that was hard for me. Like having a medical professional look at you and say they're still alive, but they can't tell you how long for. Yeah. I think that's really hard for me. That really sticks with me. I remember, like at the time, you sort of being like really like hard on yourself because if like you were doing something to Gerard, which obviously you weren't, but I get why you would feel like that. I mean, you was in, like, you yourself. Yeah. You're just the type of person. Um, yeah, I just remember you saying how you felt, and I was like, I don't know. Yeah, it was, it must have been worse. Like everything that like happened, like everything that I felt, I always think must have been worse for you because like you had like the physical side as well, as well as like the mental side. You could literally feel stuff. Um, yeah, so we had that scan, and I guess they sent us home. No, no, they kept us in. So we had that scan. And they said that you can get booked in for another scan in the morning, first thing in the morning. But the only way to get booked in that scan is if we stayed overnight. Like, why? Because they had to admit us, because we had to be an inpatient scan for it to be an emergency scan in the morning. Because otherwise, if you're not an emergency scan, like you have to go on a waiting list and it can take days. So what they did was the right thing at the time by admitting us. But... The, do you remember the nurse? The nurse was class. Um, she was, like, really nice. And she let us go home and pack. So, obviously, there's nothing they could do, but she let us go home. So, we went home, we packed. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. got stuff together, um, and we sort of mooched oh back God. over. Like, yeah. Didn't we, like... Yeah, I just... Now I remember watching The Apprentice at some point. Yeah, we downloaded it on the iPad, didn't we? Jesus and took it back Christ. into the hospital. Yeah, that sounds weird. <laughs> but it's like, 
but what it was else like what yeah. are you gonna do in that situation like, it was nice though because we both got to stay in that room and it was a private room and yeah it was a yeah, yeah i remember the room i think there was only one single bed but i think at some point in the night we both managed to squidge onto it <laughs> <laughs> it's quite canny which was quite difficult it's six foot odd yeah but with your wife who was five months pregnant <laughs> yeah but. yeah it's weird in there I don't know, it's awful, but then, I guess, you sort of just take comfort that you're together at that time. We've been in various waiting rooms over the years, or hospitals. You see someone, like, on their own, I don't know, you just feel like maybe, like, whoever they want there is busy, like, can't physically get the time, like, away from work, or they have someone else they have to look after. So you do feel like, oh, this must be really hard for you. Like, coming on your own. Um, yeah, it just sort of makes you, again, like, you don't realise at the time, but then look when I, like, look back and think about it, it was, like, just us and Gerard, like, in the room. Like, you know, like, where the world could have ended around us and we wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Like, literally, like the world could have exploded around that room. You wouldn't be bothered. No, no. I don't know. It was like, like obviously it wasn't like nice, but um, at least you were like together, I guess. So we stayed in that room. Um, and then... Yeah, so we stayed in that room and tried to sleep as much as we can. And then it was... I think it was the next morning, we, I texted my mum first and I just texted her saying, hi, I'm at York Hospital, will you be able to come today? And normally my mum works every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday and I can remember it was a Thursday morning Yeah. and she was like, yeah, that's fine, I'm on my way. And within an hour and ten minutes, her and my dad were both at the hospital. They managed to find us on the ward. And they, we were just waiting for a doctor to come back to us. And I said, well, we've got a scan booked in. I think the scan was booked in at 12, if I remember right. Yeah. So we went down for the scan. I got wheeled backwards on one of those wheelie chair things. Um, oh, well, wheelchairs. <laughs> <laughs> I know they have a name. They do have a name, don't chair they? Chair on a wheel. Mm. But, like, it's the ones that you get pulled backwards on. What is the purpose of that? I don't understand. Maybe it's so you don't hit your feet on the doors. But when's that ever happened? Like, it happens in Friends. Well, you did have that bad tour that time. That would have been... But isn't it hard for the person who must I... be pulling you? No, I think because they can open the doors easier. No, I mean to navigate, though. If you're pulling someone... Like, you've got to look behind you a bit because the person's there. Make sure mm. they haven't fell out or anything. And you're facing forward with one arm behind you. That's quite a hard thing to do, carrying a person. Yeah. That seems like a design flaw. Like, I reckon the first, like, batch of them were made and they put the direction wheels on the wrong way around. And they're yeah, like... What, what do you mean direction wheel? A wheel is round? No, no. Ah, this... You don't know these sorts of things. So you've got, well, it's like a car. So you've got your front wheels, they're the direction, and your back wheels just follow. Yeah? 
Yeah. Or you go four-wheel drive where they all turn. Yeah. So I think the first wheelie chair was a, um, went to the hospital and they were like, oh, right, these, like, they don't go forward. Oh, yeah, that's the design. Yeah, we meant for that to happen. I think that's what happened. And then, like, to save face, they've been like, ever since, let's just build these. They go backwards. We're sticking to the plan. That's the crack. We're sticking to the plan. All right, don't get their tone. <laughs> I think that's what happened. What other ex- explanation is there? I think they'd find it easier to open the doors if they were pulling someone backwards. I think that's the, I think that's the only design concept. Anyway, we digress. So... I'm getting pulled upon this wheelchair into the scan room, which is horrendous because you are literally sat in an antenatal clinic waiting for a scan. Oh my God, yeah. Whilst the only way you can look is at a baby advert sponsored TV screen. I remember that room now, full of like expecting women. Yeah, people are there for the 20 week scans. And the TV is like, literally like, here's where to buy your pram in York. Here's what to feed your baby. Everything is amazing because you're having a baby. Like literally sat facing, that was like somewhat off like, I know, but non-clockwork I th- orange where yeah. they peel his eyes back and make him look. It but I ridiculous. felt so bad for the nurse who pulled me along and sat with us in that waiting room. I felt so bad for her. Because she was so mortified. She was told as soon as we walked in, we would not even sat in the waiting room. We would go straight into the sonographer's scan room. Yeah. So that's what she was told. I didn't feel that bad for her. (laughs) I did, though, because she sat there apologising to me for, like, the ten minutes we were there. She was like, do you want me to wheel you in a different direction? I was like, it's a TV. I can still hear it. We won't hear my name (laughs) being called. Um, But it was, like, it just... I felt bad for her. Like, she was so apologetic. There was nothing she could do. And she was so uncomfortable. And Yeah, it must have been uncomfortable. Yeah. And then anyway, we got sent back in the scan room. And I feel like that scan was with... Was that with the normal sonographer? And then it was the next scan that was with that consultant. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, sorry. So that one was the scan with the consultative... The consultant, the... Uh, it's come, like, it's blurry, but, yeah, I remember the consultant. And obviously, like, you're in a shitty mood anyway, but, like, I didn't enjoy the cut of his jib. No. The consultant was all right. He was OK. Yeah. Um. But then we went back. Is he the one who had, like, the... Like apprentice thing with him, that yeah. woman, and she was just like, that was the registrar, not that the consultant. Was so annoying. Like, we're there discussing what's happening, that our child, everything that's happening. Like this bizarre woman, like nodding her head, like violently, you know, like agreeing with what the other person's saying. Yeah, I think... Shake it down a notch. Yeah. Like, it's too much. Like, you need to be muted in that situation. I think she was trying to empathise, but I think we just weren't in the right frame of mind to... Yeah, I suppose. Like, accept... Not accept, but I think, I don't know. Two people was probably too much in that scenario to tell that information. Yeah. 
But the unfortunate thing is with training staff like that is you need them to be there with when you're giving bad news and yeah. they need to know how to deliver bad news and I suppose that was just their learning curve and we were the guinea pigs, lucky us. She might listen to this, give her some notes. <laughs> Less nodding. <laughs> don't, don't be like that, so enthusiastic. It's like the Churchill dog as a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Just up and down. Yes, 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 yes. Like, yeah. shut up. She um, might listen back to this and think, oh, well, at least I was memorable. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but yeah, I remember her annoying head. So we had, Jesus, we had consultants. Yeah. I think then the, con- the registrar came in our room to talk to us in front of my mum and dad. And basically said there's no real viability um, in the pregnancy. Yeah. And it's just really a matter of time. I was also really prone to infection and further complications if I chose to continue with the pregnancy and see how long it went. Um, And my dad, as much as my dad is... An interesting character. Um, he just really was pushing the registrar to say, like, what are the chances of a good outcome? Like, what are the success stories? Yeah. And the registrar just said, there isn't any, really. Yeah, I remember that. That was hard. Um, Do you have, like, it's all, like, obviously I remember it, and as you're saying it, but... I remember more, like, how I felt. And I obviously, I remember, like, specific things, but do, like, is all of this fresh in your head? Yeah, I think for me, because um, after I did the counselling for Robin, like, I did quite a long series of counselling for Robin. Um, when everything with Gerard happened... I kind of just shut myself off emotionally so I can remember a lot of stuff and I can relay a lot of information as a fact-by-fact basis. Yeah. And I can I can tick through the story in memory and, like, when I actually have to deal with the emotional side of things... Yeah. I find that really hard, so I kind of try not to really delve into it too much. Um like, there's things I think all the time and I'll have flashbacks to Gerard yeah. when I was pregnant with Gerard and, like, comparing this baby to Gerard and this is where I was at with Gerard and this is what I remember being at this time with Gerard. And yeah. Like, daft things. Like, I was saying I went to... We stayed at your grandma's the other night. Yeah. And the last time I'd stayed at your grandma's was when I was pregnant and I got that flashback and that memory. Like, not a bad memory. It was a good memory, just... yeah. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. So, but yeah, and then we got sent home from the hospital. Well, we didn't yeah. get sent home. I said, I want to go home. Yeah, you don't want to, like, stay in a hospital with that news, like, any longer. Like, what's no. the point? Like, fine, just send me home so I can sit on my own sofa then. Yeah. Like, so we got home and the first thing I did was I texted my friend um, and I just, I told her what had happened. Um, I didn't even, and I don't think I even told her what was happened. I just said, 
something bad's happened. Who? Um, this is Louise. Right. And I said, all I want to do is watch Game of Thrones. And honestly, like, I, I honestly couldn't thank her enough. Within half an hour, there was a knock at my front door and I kind of waddled to the front door, um, opened it, and there's Louise stood with a HMV bag. <laughs> she was just that like, was I'm here. <laughs> like, I could not believe that. Like, I know. who buys the whole box set of Game of Thrones it's for like, someone? And leaves work, like, without any rhyme or reason, just leaves work, walks out the door, walks to HMV, gets yeah. the bus over. Like, oh, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that was like, yeah. It was nice to escape into TV for a while. Yeah. Because like, we'd started, hadn't we? We'd, we'd started gradually watching it in readiness for the new series. Yeah. And then we just binged it. <laughs> yeah. But, so, and that's when your mum came, because your mum arrived the same time Louise did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I remember With that. a bag full of treats. Yeah, like, yeah. You can rely on her to bring food and drink. Yeah. And, like good food as well yeah like yeah good stuff like and she stayed over because it was a friday night wasn't it she stayed yeah. over yeah and of all the things to watch i think i put lay miss on didn't i oh, just God, swallowed in self-pity really? <laughs> i shouldn't laugh but yeah is that when i watched lay miss with your mum at some point i don't know because i would have been there wouldn't i um yeah. But I don't remember watching Les Mis. Like, I don't know. I feel like I would remember that. It's like the longest film in existence. Mm. Um. So, what, like, then what? So, we just kind of did nothing for a week. I remember, like, obviously we didn't go to work. And I remember, like, emailing work and being like, yeah. everything's fucked. I'm not coming back. Like, and that was it. I was like, I don't know. When that happened, like, I was like, hmm, nothing really means anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I remember not going to work, emailing them, and then a few people at work, like, a few people at work knew, um... So they had sent messages asking why I wasn't in and sort of asking if everything was all right. You know, like a couple of people. Yeah. Who sort of knew. Um, then what was it? A week that we were off? How long were we um, off? No, Before, like... so it was the Tuesday. So on the Tuesday, so hang on. So it was the Wednesday night. My water's broke. The following Tuesday, I started passing, I can't remember the name of it, I'm really sorry, I should know it, but it's basically like baby poo. Um, yeah, I remember that, yeah. So Was I it that long? Yeah. So I started passing that on the Tuesday, um, and we went to the hospital. I, no, I rang the hospital, and they said, um, it's it, it could be various different things, but it, yeah. it did just look like... Um, baby poo and they said oh you can come in and speak to somebody this afternoon so we went in on the afternoon and the consultant said that I was showing signs of miscarriage 
um, and that it was probably going to get worse. But the, it's up to me if I wanted to continue to monitor it. Mm. And we got sent home again. And I think it was that night we had a conversation about speaking to someone at the hospital because we were booked in for another scan the following Tuesday after that to see yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah, it felt like those days apart were so long. Yeah. Every time you would see someone and they'd say come back on whatever day, they felt so long. Yeah. It was insane. And I think at that point, like, every moment to me, like, I knew that the outcome was going to be bad, but I think every moment that we were at home and just doing nothing and just watching telly was so important because I knew, like, that it was going to be the last times that we would be spending time together, the three of us. Yeah. Um... So I think that's why I kept, like, wanting to go home and just lying on the sofa and just, like, feeling my tummy. I know that I'd only really started showing uh, about week 16, 17. Yeah. So I didn't start telling people at work until I was 17 weeks along. So I'd kind of waited for quite a while just to really make sure, obviously, with what happened with Robin... I wanted to be at a point where I was in the safe zone. Yeah, they say don't tell anyone till after 12 weeks, don't know. Yeah, which, which I, I find really... absurd. Yeah. Why would you put yourself... Like, your first 12 weeks are the most risky 12 weeks in your whole pregnancy. Why would you not want to tell people within 12 weeks? Because all you're going to do is if you're off work because you've lost a baby, it's a massive thing, even at 8 weeks, 9 weeks, 10 weeks... Yeah. It's massively traumatising. And then you're off work, and you go back to work, and like, oh, why were you off? Why were you off? Well, actually, the reason I was off is because I had a miscarriage. You know, I was so excited about having this baby. I couldn't tell you, though, because it was before the 12 weeks. Yeah. But... I don't know. It's just a sort of... It's always been that way, hasn't it? It's because people don't want to talk about it. People... Yeah. Don't want to have that conversation. It makes people uncomfortable. So it's not about protecting the mother. It's about protecting people around you. It's just not one of those things that you talk about. Yeah. But I don't see why it isn't something people it's talk like about. Like it's from the olden days or something. Yeah. What is it, one in four or one in five? I don't know. Once you talk to someone, like, everyone has a story on, like know somebody or a lot of times you find out it's happened to like friends that you've got yeah and then you're thinking this is such a common thing it's crazy but i mean like like, obviously like you don't want to go around talking about it all day like talk about whatever you want to talk about if you don't want to talk about it that's fine but it feels like you're not supposed to talk about it which is stupid you should, like, it's an awful thing to go through. You should be able to talk about it. And you should have that support if you want it. And can have it off people that you know. Yeah. Staffed. I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite, though, because with this baby, 
I've not really told anyone at work. But I Yeah. But I suppose with this baby as well, I'd started my job and then when I was two weeks into <laughs> my job <laughs> like with brand new job, brand new people, two weeks in, I find out that I'm pregnant. Yeah, we weren't necessarily trying to have a kid. If this anything, time. we were trying not to. We had made steps to not but That is true. Um, yeah. I don't think we need to go into too much detail <laughs> there. But yeah, we'd um Yeah, we weren't trying that, we were we'd sort of changed careers ish. I mean, yours is still in law, but it's a different thing, different place, different type of law. And I thought, Oh, cool, I'm gonna be a writer. Wanted to write for ages. Never done it, had to pay rent, like we had to pay bills, all that stuff, so you just get a job and then after a while you're doing well in that job and you think, Oh, this could be the life and then something awful happens and you think retail is not important. I don't this doesn't matter anymore. I'm gonna do what I actually want to do. And then just as you get going in doing what you want to do and you're writing and you you've got ideas, doing screenplays and you're lawyering. And you're lawyering again, you know, you're in a different city, beautiful city, it's sunny. Then we found out. Yeah, and I think that, <laughs> so we found out on the 16th of February. Yeah. Because we'd just been away for a, a lovely night away in the countryside. Yeah. Well, you think it's only, it was only four months since we lost Gerard. That is crazy. Like, it was quite a quick turnaround. It's a very quick, unexpected turnaround. But I knew, like, I knew two or three days before we did the test. And I remember texting my friends in a mad panic, saying, <laughs> I can't be, I can't be, I can't be. I've been so careful, I can't be. And they were saying, oh, no, you won't be, you won't be. It's just, your body's getting back to its normal cycle and... You'll be okay. Stop panicking. And then on the Sunday, I just kind of wanted to stick two fingers up to them and went, I bloody knew. <laughs> bloody knew. Yeah. Not that course. it's a competition, but... Yeah. You kind of just know, I think, when you are pregnant. Yeah, you said it so many times. And I was thinking, you can't... It's too soon. You won't be. But you are. Yeah. I remember the absolute crippling guilt. Yeah. So we did the test on the Sunday. I think it was the Wednesday and the Thursday night. I just sat on our bed and cried and cried and cried. And I just, I couldn't get over feeling that guilt and feeling... Yeah. It's too soon. Like, what have I done? But yeah. I, you almost have that worry, I think. I don't know if this is how you felt, but that people will think now that you're pregnant again, oh, cool, everything must be over all the other stuff then. Yeah. You know, as if that sort of wipes out that. And, like, obviously it doesn't. No. You still, if, like you say, if anything, it's added another layer of, yeah. like, questions and how you feel about it and stuff. Yeah. So, signs of, so we had the signs of miscarriage on the Tuesday and we saw 
I think we went in on the Wednesday and we saw a consultant and she explained that it was possibly signs of miscarriage and ultimately the next steps will be inevitable. Yeah. Um, there was no ex- there was no extra fluid on the baby, so I think that we'd had a scan on that Tuesday. So they wanted to give it a few days just to see if there was any more fluid. So I do apologise that Tuesday was the next scan and that was with the consultant. Yeah. So the next scan with the consultant and he then explained that there wasn't any viable chance of success, there wasn't any extra fluid. Um, the baby was too early. If yeah. if it had happened at 23, 24 weeks, I think it was 24 weeks, they could have given me steroids to help build the baby's lungs. Yeah. But the way he described it was, or not him, sorry, there was a different consultant, but at that early stage in the development of Gerard, his lungs were fused and it was in the next couple of weeks of development that those lungs would start to fill up with the fluid and start working. So obviously if there's no fluid, the lungs would remain fused and couldn't then develop. And um, So at that point, I think it was about the third time we were given the advice that um, we can continue with the pregnancy and let it go its natural course. Oh, we did have the option to terminate the pregnancy, um, which at that point we just wanted to go home and not even deal with it. And then it was the Tuesday night. Yeah. I started having, is it microbium or something? Um, I started passing that. So I just remember laying on the sofa. I think it was the Wednesday night. Yeah. And or Wednesday afternoon. And I remember the agony and of feeling Gerard trying to move and it just felt like it was torture for yeah. him. And I just sat and I cried and I cried and I cried. We spoke to the hospital on the Wednesday because I said I just want to speak to somebody and learn about my options and just see what the options were. Yeah. So on the Wednesday we had an appointment to discuss um, the options in relation to, like terminate sounds like a horrible word, but... Yeah, the language is awful, isn't it, that they use? Like, it's horrible, yeah. I think at that point, selfishly, and it really upsets me, um, I kind of knew he wasn't going to make it, and I'd known what I'd gone through with Robin, yeah. And I wanted to really minimalise the impact of what was going to happen. It's not selfish, though. It feels selfish. Like, it feels horrible, like, it's in that horrible. moment. Yeah, it's... Because yeah. I just... I remember saying to you, we were just in bed and you were just holding me and I was just in absolute tears. And I just said, like... It might be time for us to let him go. Yeah. And we that were, that was awful. Yeah. Um, we were always on the same page with everything like that, weren't we? Yeah. We always... I don't know. You can just tell how each other feel. So 
we were never I, I don't know, however one of us felt the other just yeah. felt that way and I think like the more like like it's the most awful decision and moral decision of your life is to yeah like what do you do in that situation being told by everyone there's no possible good outcome yeah. It's like there's there's but, nothing good that can happen, but it's so hard to let yourself believe that. But the other thing as well with the condition if the water's breaking, like I was at such a high risk of infection and like my health was at risk quite a bit with it. So we went back in on the Wednesday to talk to the consultant and in that appointment she was really, really empathetic and talking through and I just, she just, she put me at rest quite a bit because um, to have the bereavement stillborn room um, that yeah. she, she'd booked us in for and I would be given every form of medication under the sun that I would ever want or need. Um, like, her words were that no woman should have to go through this and no woman should have to feel the physical pain of going through this at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we went into the hospital on the Thursday morning to, uh, to take a tablet um yeah. to move the process along yeah um and i was told i could it usually takes 48 hours and you get booked back in you'll go into this room and you'll deliver the baby and like you'll be pain free and then yeah the, they the, set up like this nice fancy room and stuff on the yeah um that you're staying but do they just have one in that hospital? Yeah, just went, a lot of hospitals don't even have one at all. That's mad. Like, yeah. So, like, as a side note, I've joined our work charity committee and we're working with a, with a charity that are trying to get one at Leeds. What's the charity called? Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Cool. But, um... <coughs> sorry. Yeah, so... And then it was the Thursday night at seven o'clock, I started having really bad tummy pains. And I sort of put it off, oh, it's just twinges, it's just twinges, it's fine. Um, it got to about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. I was like, I need to go to bed, this is getting horrendous. But obviously I was told I'd, I might get cramps and just to effectively deal with it. But I think it got to about one o'clock in the morning and at that point, it was definitely contractions, and the contractions were every six minutes. Oh, it was insane, wasn't it? I remember, like, just you, what you were telling me, and, like, just from how you were and what you were telling me, it was unbearable. Yeah. Um, so, being five-minute walk from the hospital, we wandered up. Well, I rang the labour ward, and they said, come on in. Yeah. Um... So I went in and we got taken from the lab, like we were met at the front of the labour ward and then taken down a back corridor um, to, I guess, the sans room, so the stillborn and, and neonatal death room. 
Yeah. Um, which was lovely. It had a double bed. Um, it had its own private bathroom with a bath and it had a double two-seater sofa that was... Was it a recliner or was it just a two-seater sofa? It did have a recliner, yeah. It was all kitted out by Next and Nestle. And yeah, was, they'd given all the stuff for free, hadn't they? Yeah, and yeah. it was all really nice. And... Um, Andrew supplied the plaque saying donated by Next and Nestle, if that was donated for free or not. Hmm. Interesting thought there. I don't know. Um, sorry, my throat's drying up a bit. And, yeah, so then the midwives came in and she's like, oh, you are contracting. Oh, they're strong ones. She was like, we'll, give you, we'll measure you up. Anyway, she measured me up and said, you're not quite there yet. Why don't you go home, relax for a little bit um, and see how you get on. So I was like, right, okay, um, see how we get on. But I also knew that room was booked on Friday morning because that's what why I... What time were we there, though? We were there at one till four in the morning. Really? Yeah. So anyway, we, I was given Cocodamol, which I took and threw up straight away because I can't handle Cocodamol. Yeah. Um, and then we went home and you went to sleep. And I was just writhing in agony. I, I did manage to go to sleep for a bit, actually. I went to sleep for a couple of hours. And then the next morning, um, I'd messaged my friend Fiona and said, I am in absolute agony. And she just said, just go in the bath. Just go in the bath. Nice warm bath. Just yeah. relax. You'll feel a lot better until you're ready to go back to the hospital. So I did. Went and had a lovely, lovely bath. And I thought... Really need a wee, as yeah. I do most days. And I got out of the bath to have a wee and finish my wee and just pop. And his, his legs came out, sat on the toilet. So I think I screamed for you. Yeah. Um, and I said, he's here, he's here. I've got him in his hand, like he's halfway out. I, I don't know what to do. Like, what are we going to do? And I just said, get the mixing bowl, because it was the only thing I could think of that was clean and plastic and short enough to, like, catch him. Really? If he came out and you ran and got the mixing bowl and rang 999. Jesus. That was, I don't know, like, awful. And I just remember thinking, what the hell is happening? I can't believe... This is, like, the process, you know, because they're like, oh, take this tablet and then you'll come to the hospital. And I just remember, I still remember that feeling now of just shell shock. Yeah. Coming up the stairs. And, yeah, I remember ringing 999. There was nowhere to rest the phone in the bathroom. Mm. I put the phone well, on. Oh, yeah, because the bath was full, so you couldn't even put it on the side of the bath. <laughs> no, and the windowsill was, like, an inch wide, so that was no good. So I had to, like... You were sort of in one corner, but it was a very small bathroom. And then, yeah, it was as if I was opening the door whilst pulling a wheelchair. I, had like, kept going back over to the phone. Yeah, that was... I just remember, I remember that 999 call and the girl on the phone... I don't think she really... I probably wasn't speaking 
very clearly. I mean, I thought I was getting the message across of what was happening, but the stuff she was saying, I just remember thinking, I don't think... She wasn't aware of the situation, was no, she? No, I think she thought it was something as if we were delivering a baby one week earlier than we were supposed to be, yeah. do you know what I mean, yeah. in the full term. And it's hard to sort of go into all those details with someone on a telephone... Whilst you're trying to deliver a baby. Yeah. That was crazy. You had to sort of crouch between the toilet and the bath, didn't you? Yeah. It was so undignified. (laughs) I just remember, like, having my ass, like, my bare ass to the door and the (laughs) poor ambulance guy coming up the stairs and being greeted with such a sight. And the poor man, like... So Gerard was out at this point, and he was in a towel, and you were holding him on a towel. Yeah. So the I'm in an, I'm in a t-shirt, and it's a longish t-shirt, and the ambulance guy comes up the stairs. And he's like, "Oh, like I'm so sorry, love. I'm so sorry." And I remember him pulling my t-shirt down at the back. Really? <laughs> I was just like, "Oh man!" I was like, "I'm so sorry. I feel so undignified." He was like, "You're okay. You're okay." Pulls t-shirt down. But do you remember, like, like, when they arrived, they were knocking on the door, because obviously we gave them the address. Yeah. And I was... Such is the moment, you're not really in the mood for shouting. Mm. So I'm trying to, like, shout downstairs, come in, come in. And, you know, the door was unlocked, you could have easily come in. But I guess they don't want to just walk in a house. But I thought they did. I thought if they had the address, they'd just come in. If you kept knocking... What if someone could answer the door? Or what so, if you were doing CPR? Like Yeah, exactly. So I had to sort of... I kept shouting. And I remember just I had to sort of pass Gerard back to you and then run downstairs and let yeah. the people in and come back upstairs. And then they sort of, like, took over duties, I guess, from me. Yeah. Um... I remember him saying, am I okay to cut the cord? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that's fine. Um, but, like, like you always imagine, like, you would be the person, like, you would, like, Tony Me. would be yeah. the person to cut the cord. And... Yeah, it's weird. It, yeah, I mean, the way everything happened was terrible, but at the same time, I'm so glad that it was me and you. Yeah. That delivered him into this world. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we saw him first. Do you know well, what? I didn't see him first. I, yeah, but... I couldn't. Like, I like I just... Yeah. I could just see you bawling, like, behind, like, between my legs, just, like, holding him and, like, shaking and, like, on the phone and everything all at once. And I just, yeah. like, couldn't really look at him or you for ages um yeah i just remember like the this so that was the first so it was like a rapid response guy who came in the car and then there was like a proper ambulance who came to pick us up and so after he'd cut the cord i had one of those peg things between my legs yeah. And I'm trying to, like, walk down the... St- I, put, I put a pair of knickers on. I put my worst pair of knickers on in the whole wide world. 
because I just thought if I'm going to wreck a pair of knickers, I'll put the I'll put the rubbish knickers on. The room was a tip as well. Oh, it? it was horrendous. So obviously, we hadn't been in the mood for housework over the week. It wasn't like something off train spotting, but you know there was it wasn't stuff great. on the floor and wasn't great. The sort of apologising. Yeah. To the ambulance service. And I remember saying, I'm like, I bought these beautiful Winnie the Pooh muslin cloths. Because everything was Winnie the Pooh related with Gerard, because we'd seen that Christopher Robin film. That was a good film. It was a very good yeah. film. I'd like to see it again, but not yet. Um, yeah. So I had these three muslin cloths, and all I could think was, he needs a blanket or something with him while he's going to the hospital. Yeah. So these three paramedics are going where are the muslin cloths and I'm going in the baby's wardrobe in this in what was going to be the nursery yeah um, and I remember I can't remember if they managed to do it or whether I had to go and get it but I remember I had to walk like I was a cowboy with this pig between my legs <laughs> it's awful like I've got to stop laughing about it but there's an image of me in this t-shirt that just slightly covers my knickers walking like a cowboy with a peg between my legs, getting bits and bobs from around the house to take to the hospital. Yeah. Um, but I... And then I just had to... So... My John Wade... Best what John Wade impression down the stairs, go onto the street to get into the ambulance. Yeah. Um, Gerard's been wrapped up in a towel to take to the hospital, and one of the ambulance paramedics is there holding him um, and just remember people down the street like looking out the windows and seeing what's going on and there's yeah. me yeah there was the next door neighbour guy um, who lived next to us which one past. the family or no the, the like the professional let one hmm. and I remember the guy who had the red car like peered in as he went past um, like, how would you do that if there's an ambulance there there's professionals there, like, taking care of things. What are you going to add with yeah. your peer? That's yeah. not going to help anyone, is it? No. <laughs> well, let me just peer and see if I can add anything to this situation. Yeah, I think he just wanted to see what was going on. And, yeah, so we went to the hospital, but, unfortunately, there was somebody else pre-booked into the son's room. Yeah. So I got wheeled through the whole delivery ward... Yeah. to get to a room and I got there and we had we had a great midwife in all fairness yeah. she was lovely I don't remember her name but she was Rachel, really nice Rachel I think she was, was called yeah. yeah she was class yeah she and, was really nice and she was taking care of us and I remember she set the bed up and she was cooing like anything over Gerard um, I got him a little hat got him <laughs> Got him a little tiny knitted Moses basket that he could sit in because I think he was only the length from my wrist to my elbow, so about it's about yeah. twenty centimeters um, long. That's time. Yeah. Um. So he just fit nicely in like the crook of my arm. But she was cooing all over him. She went, "Oh, do you want to see him? Do you want to see him?" And at that point, I couldn't look. I was so scared to look. Yeah. Um. And see what he looked like, and obviously, like. I knew he was gone that's, and stuff. Yeah, that's understandable though, isn't it? Yeah. So she put him in his cool box for him to chill out. No pun intended. And... <laughs> <Jeez>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, a very dark sense of humour. 
and she'd moved my bed so I was kind of perched over a bedpan and she explained I'd need to pass the placenta and oh it was injection central that day um so she gave me an injection to pass the placenta and I'm sat kind of over this bedpan perched on the bed um and she goes oh my beep is going off or whatever and she says I'm really sorry I've just got to nip out for two seconds yeah and lo and behold I just ended up pushing it out there and then it just came out in a flop that's fine she came back and said oh can't believe it I go out the room for one second you have the baby before you get in with me you come back you pass the placenta without me and <laughs> it was funny um but I remember I don't know if you remember I said I'm gonna throw up I'm gonna throw up and I got a sick bucket thing you know them cardboardy things yeah, and yeah. I've never thrown up anything like it in all of my life do you remember I remember you being sick. It just yeah. came out, but it filled this whole thing. It was like nearly a litre's worth of fluid. I'd not even drank that much. But yeah, that was... Sorry for the TMI, but I was... How was it? Shocked? I mean, at this point, if anyone's listening, <laughs> we should probably put like a graphic, explicit thing at the start of it. <laughs> Before you get into this podcast, the... You are not candid. It's candid where you're a bit... You say things in a nicer fashion. Or is candid where you're no, very... No, candid much... is just like... Sort of... Candid camera is like you don't know you're being filmed. So it's very, like, honest. Oh, so we're very candid. Yeah, you oh. could say candid. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. And then... I remember seeing him for the first... Some, our mums came, didn't they? Yeah. And your mum was cooing all over him, and my yeah, mum's they not. Drove down together, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, my mum's yeah. not amazing with emotions. Like she can, she'll <laughs> always be there when you need her to be there, and she'll always do whatever she can to help you. Um, I think it's just in contrast to my mum is so. Yeah, yeah, has emotions. <laughs> She's very in tune to her emotions. Is your mum? Yeah. Um. So I think after your mum had cooed after him for so long, I'd kind of just said, right, like, let, let's let do this together, Tony. Like, will someone bring him to me yeah. while I sat on the bed? Because I can't face going and look at him in the cold car. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember looking at him and just thinking, oh, my word, you are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, so beautiful. Yeah. And... I just like was just staring at him, just crying, and I wasn't even crying the whole time. And weirdly, I remember like being happy to see him. Yeah. I remember just like looking at him with such admiration and just such love and. Yeah. Just like all of your dreams are crushing, and you just you just see a beautiful baby, like dead or alive, like it's. They're beautiful and they are and that's all you can think about at that moment to think of anything else is just to torture yourself yeah there's no point is there no. you just like I've got the rest of my life to grieve for him yeah in that moment let me just be happy that I'm with him yeah that was like yeah there's our baby yeah he was beautiful he was pretty beautiful in a heartbreaker. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I remember being... That room was massive. And it felt like we were there forever. 
Yeah. And yeah. I remember being so vast. It seemed huge. Yeah. So I think Gerard was born at half nine at home. Yeah. And then we got into the hospital for around about ten, quarter past ten. Oh, yeah, I'd left my hoodie in the hospital. In the ambulance. <laughs> in they the dropped ambulance. it off, though, didn't they? It's, yeah. it's that hoodie that you're wearing now, actually. It's a good hoodie. <laughs> but I remember, yeah, not realising for hours and thinking, Ooh, I wonder if I'll ever get that back. But the funny <laughs> thing is, is that shade of hoodie is what the shade the paramedics wore. <laughs> yeah, like a sort of, yeah, dark, deep green. Like a bottle green. It's nice. It is a nice hoodie. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have been that bothered if it had gone. <laughs> but it was nice, I guess. You've had a cold a walk home in the middle of October. Yeah. Not yeah. that we had to walk home, though, because... Oh, yeah, mum had driven, us. didn't she? Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it was mad. Like, so well, mad's not the word. No. So they drove us back to the house, and that is the emptiest I've ever felt that house. Like, leaving the hospital was awful. Yeah. You knew... We knew we were going back because they had that sort of bereavement room place where you could go back and visit and you just had to ring up and tell them you were coming. But leaving... It was... Ridiculous. And I remember, like, our mum saying goodbye. I remember them... Um... Yeah, our mum saying goodbye and leaving the room and leaving us to it. And it was just shit. Yeah. You felt guilty, devastated. Um, it was just... It's like that really horrible sinking feeling you get in your throat to your stomach when it just... You just feel like your throat is in the pit of your stomach. Yeah. And you're like... Because we were on the main delivery ward, oh, I, God, I yeah. had to check that the coast was clear whenever I came in out of the room. And at some point we went to sit outside because there was like a yeah, quiet garden a... you could go and sit in. Yeah. But the quiet garden oh, apparently was next to a room with a, a woman room actually giving birth. So... After just delivering Gerard, me and Tony sat in the quiet garden. On this bench. Not a very well-kept garden, I might no, add. I mean, no. I'm sure, you know, someone, you would think, There's someone who cuts. wants to volunteer yeah. would could tend to that garden. Yeah. So, yeah, sat on the bench there and the windows open. And just start hearing some woman screaming in agony. Yeah. Which is not great. So we we left that and went back in. Our mums took us home, didn't they? And they'd yeah, but we had, like we said bye to Gerard, and yeah, I just I remember just telling him that I loved him, yeah, and just saying that I just felt so sorry, like I blamed myself the whole time since my waters broke that. It was my fault they'd broken and it was my fault it was coming and it was my fault that I'd hurried the process along and, like... Well, it's just a freak accident, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it still doesn't stop the guilt. Like, you're the one person in the world who's meant to protect them and then, like, you're the one person in the world who effectively, like, 
brought them into the world too early. Um, it wasn't because of anything you did, though, was it? No, and I that was just the hardest five minutes because I just couldn't leave him, like, yeah. in a box. It was awful. To go into a mortuary on his own without us. Um, but we we had to do it, we had to leave him. So, but I remember I couldn't, let like the midwife that we were with, she'd stayed an extra two hours that day. Yeah. And she had to leave. Um, and she said, oh, just when you're ready to leave, just come out. Someone will, someone will take the baby and they'll look after him, don't worry. And I remember coming out in the corridor and I couldn't find a single person. Yeah. And then we walked, so we walked out yeah. to the front desk and there was three midwives having a conversation and I just sort of stood there and nobody even acknowledged my presence. And there was the head of department or the sister or something was sat at a computer in the corner and was like, are you all right there, love? I just had to explain, oh, we're in room nine. Like, my baby's in the cool box. Can you take them to the mortuary? That should have been enough. Like, we're in room nine. Right, okay, we know what the crack is in that room. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. But just leaving it at that point with no guarantee. She said, oh, yeah, we'll sort it, we'll sort it. But I didn't see someone wheel him away. I think if I'd have seen someone wheel him away, I think I wouldn't have been able to cope, in fairness. But... Yeah. We just... So we left. Like, your mum was waiting for us out the back door of the hospital so we could get out without going through the whole place. Um, and we left, we went back, and we were going to go back to our mums, weren't we, that night? But I just had, Boy. yeah, I just, I couldn't face going back that night. I just wanted time, just us, me and you. Yeah, we needed that, But we, we hadn't eaten all day, um, so we did get a KFC bucket between us, <laughs> if you remember. <laughs> Um, your mum and my mum went out and got it. I felt so bad though, because my mum was at work at seven o'clock the next morning. And yeah. this was like seven, eight o'clock at night. Yeah, we late, sent them for KFC. It? And they still had an hour and a bit drive home after that. But. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. You always did say though, after watching Peep Show, whenever your child was born, you were going to get a KFC. So. <laughs> different circumstances <laughs> but yeah. yeah so we just sort of we're just numb yeah right. there's nothing I don't know there's yeah there's nothing good to feel there's nothing no it's just shock isn't it and yeah it's just awful yeah try and distract yourself I guess from how you're feeling um, so yeah, that's the story of Gerard's birth. Yeah, I didn't know if we'd get into all of that yeah. <laughs> today. But, Might um, need to edit and put it in different episodes. You could play it all at once, I suppose. Might be a very long podcast though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if we'd get into all of that, but um. So I guess for we wanted to do this podcast to talk about what we talked about because lots of people don't talk about it and it does happen to lots of people. Um, 
and maybe they felt the same as us or different to us but sometimes it's just nice to know that something terrible has happened to someone else as well which it has happened to loads of people um, so we're planning to just sort of chronicle this pregnancy with Flicker. Why we called it Flicker again? So Flicker. Um, oh, I remember. Yeah. So I we booked a private scan when Flicker was about six weeks, and we did the scan. And the first thing he said was, "Oh, really good, and strong heartbeat there. You can see it flickering." And at that point, it was just right. Okay, we'll yeah. have flicker. <laughs> it's our little flicker of heartbeat, and our little flicker of hope. So that's why flicker is flicker, and we'll keep an eye on flicker and keep you up to date with how he's going or she is going. Yeah, it's definitely a girl, though. I've been so sick. Yeah, why is that? They say girls cause more trouble. Is that yeah. true? Well, I was a nightmare. Like throughout my whole life so I was gonna say is it the old wives tale in pregnancy or after I don't know no I think it's the old wives tale that in pregnancy I think girls make you more sick than boys fair enough yeah and I was I remember Gerard um I was just so convinced that he was a boy the whole way through yeah um <clears throat> so yeah I guess oh. that's it yeah. We'll do another episode in a bit, I suppose. This sounds weird. You <laughs> only ever hear professional people say stuff. Not us <laughs> like, trying to fix things together. Um, and next time we'll be covering A, B and C. Yeah, just, are you supposed to subscribe and then it downloads again automatically? That's a thing. Oh, is it? I don't know. You download my podcasts yeah, you don't for know me. The work. So if this is your first time listening to a podcast, which will be surprising press subscribe and then the next one downloads again so you can listen to it um we forgot to say thanks for listening so thanks for listening